as we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated. And as you're seated, turn in your Bible to the book of Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 3. And we're going to look at verses 14 through 21 today. Um, Starting next week, we're going to go back to the original um, sermon series going through uh, the book of Genesis. But as we start up this new year, I just want to take just some time to pause as we think through our individual lives and our ministry as we look ahead. Um, Historically, we've had something called Focus Day on a Saturday, and I wanted to try on a Sunday so that between our morning and evening services, we could provide an opportunity for you as a congregation to hear the vision of where, uh, where we're looking for the next year, and also the times of just praise and worship for what God has done over the last year. And so, you know, as we look to our passage today, we're looking individually, but also corporately of what God is calling us to as a congregation, as a church. So that's where we're going to be in Ephesians chapter 3. Um, you know, Secondly, I also want to encourage you, as you begin a new year, you know, we're always thinking about habits, right? That's going to come up a few times in my sermon. You know, and if I could just encourage a habit, bring a Bible, follow along in your Bible. We have Bibles in the back if you, if you need them. Uh, if you need one, pick it up, follow along, write in your Bible, take notes in your Bible. You can even take notes in that one. It's all right with us. Um, because, you know, what is it? As we write, as we do these things, uh, writing, taking notes, thinking about it, is it, it you know, it helps us meditate on the passage, helps us see, you know, what is God speaking to us in this? You know, earlier we sang, speak, O Lord. God has spoken. He's spoken in his word. He's given to his word. You know, the question that we need is that connection between, you know, what we read and see and the movement from, you know, into our minds and into our heart that we'd understand that. That's a spiritual understanding. And that's why we read and then when we pray because we need that spiritual understanding. So let's read together God's word. um, This is God's word, Ephesians chapter 3, starting verse 14 through 21. Hear the word of the Lord. For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant power in love may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or think according to the power at work within us to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. This is the word of God. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, you've spoken, you've given us your word, and Father, we know that when we sing, speak, O Lord, we're asking that you would take these words on this page, Father, and that you would bring them as words that are written on our hearts. Change us. Use us. Do that spiritual work in our lives that we all need, even as we begin this new year. And we pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, does someone in the state of Colorado owe you money? Recently, I discovered that Colorado has a database, and in its database, it shows, uh, you know, different companies or different groups who owe different individuals in the state money. So maybe there was a, um, a medical bill which is overpaid, 
you know, maybe that company owes you five bucks or 50 bucks, or maybe, maybe there's some sort of rebate which didn't get paid out because uh, they couldn't find you. Well, that's all a part of the database if it's there. And, and maybe I suppose there's like a will or something. If somebody couldn't pay out a will or some sort of inheritance, maybe it's there. And, and I was kind of interested in this. I did spend two thirds of my life growing up in Colorado. So I at least took some time to look to see if my name or Julie's name uh, was in that database and to see suddenly I had some rich uncle I didn't know about and all of a sudden my life would be different, right? Well, it wasn't. My name wasn't in there. But I did look through it and I think I saved my brother like 30 bucks and got some rebates for him. But it really got me thinking that, um, you know, here's this whole database of untapped resources, of money that is owed to somebody, and things that they probably know nothing about, and then thinking about how spiritually is it that we as Christians can live with untapped resources, that God is offering so much to us in Jesus Christ, but how many of us are leaving those resources untapped, unused, and failing to take advantage of what God has available for us. All right, so our passage today then is about taking advantage of God's resources for growth. And it really is a good passage for us to consider then as we begin the new year, isn't it? I mean, the beginning of the new year is a a chance to examine our lives. It's to consider some of the changes that we need to make, changes in our body, changes in our emotions, changes in our minds. But we especially need to look at changes that we can consider spiritually. Now, maybe you've thought through some of your goals over the, for this new year, and I know a lot of people have. I've seen a number of new people at my gym, and they're trying to get healthier, and I love it. It makes me happy to see that. Um, because, you know what, this is a natural time for us to look at it and look at our lives. Now, as believers, though, we want to get into the Word of God, and we want to, you know, as we examine ourselves, and maybe we've seen things over this last year, we look at our lives now, you know, what does God's Word call us to as we move forward? Who does God want us to be? What places are we falling short? Are there areas that we can serve as we look in the, in the year ahead? And, and the new year is a good chance to step back and look at the big picture. You know, we do it individually as we go in God's word. We do it as a church as we look at focus day, take a step back, look at what, what is God calling us to be? What is God calling us to do? All right, now if we look in our verse, in our passage, and you look at verse 14, you see the form of the passage. You know, what is the passage as a whole? It's a prayer, isn't it? You see him say at the beginning, I bow my knee before the Father. And so the Apostle Paul is writing uh, this prayer um, as, as part of this letter to the church in Ephesus. And it's an important place inside of the book. That's because the first half of the book, if you were to go back and read chapters 1 through 3, you would see that there is some very deep and rich theology. You know, it talks about God's love, his salvation, predestination, talks about union with Christ. It talks about sin and salvation. It talks about good works and the place of good works. It talks about um, 
um, race and, and how God makes us together as one in Christ. I mean, it, it talks about union with Christ, but I didn't already say that. I mean, just wonderful theology that's there. And then if you go to the last three chapters of the book, verses four through six, it speaks about the application of that to their life together. How are they going to love together? How are they going to interact together as a church? How they deal with things as families? But what do you see right here at the hinge point, right? Right between those two, you see this prayer. And why is the prayer given here? It's because the Apostle Paul knows something that we should all know is that spiritual change only happens as a result of God's spiritual work inside of our lives, right? It is a work of God to see spiritual change take place. And he knows for whatever he may tell them to do is that ultimately God has to bring that to bear upon their lives. So he prays for them. And if you look at verse 16, you see, you know, the substance of the prayer, you know, just, you know, what, what is he really praying for? If we just zero in, focusing on it in verse 16 says that he is praying that they be strengthened with the power of God that they'd be strengthened with the power of God working through them. And the other parts of this prayer, they go and they feed that. You know, what does it mean that the strength of God is, is powering us to meet um, the, the calling and the environment that, that, that we're in, right? And as he prays for strength and power, you know, I mean, I want you to know that I pray for you for strength and power. I pray for this church for strength and power. You know, it is uh, the very thought that you would be spiritually strong to meet the calling that is before you, which motivates me to keep in God's word, keep in, in prayer, and to keep setting these things out there. You know, it's a joy to do that. And if you think about, you know, what kind of goal could we have for this new year? You know, we see a lot in there. You know, what if our prayer for this, or our goal for ourselves for 2023 is this, that I would be strengthened with God's power this year, that I'd be strengthened with God's power for my, for my calling, for my family, that I'd be strengthened with God's calling for my church, for my community, for the workplace. I want to be strengthened by God's power for the calling he has before me. So as we head into 2023, we recognize that just having goals isn't enough. I mean, anybody can set goals, right? One of the problems that we have with setting goals is we don't ask whether those goals really matter. They matter in the bigger scheme of things. Why are we doing them? And that's why the place of spiritual goals is so important, or at least seeing our goals in light of what God has for us. That's where we really find power and strength for the goals we have there. I mean, some of you are setting goals without any sense of God's call in your life. You know, do the things you're setting goals for even matter? Your vision for life, your vision for finances, your vision for, my, for your family, you know, are they connected with, with uh, something that's bigger, bigger than just your life and your comfort? Maybe the things you're looking at are vain or selfish. It's just about you. And sometimes we wonder why our resolutions and our resolve fails um, is sometimes we just haven't connected with God's bigger plan, God's bigger picture for us. You know, one of my goals that I have regularly is exercise and health. It's just kind of important to me. But, um, but the truth is that when I show up at the gym in the parking lot, I often don't want to go in, right? Anybody ever had that experience? Like, I actually don't want to do it. You know, I, I love to read. I love to be with people. 
I like to take naps. I also like that. I like to sleep late. I like to do all kinds of things. You know, and I always think, what, you know, why should I go? Why should I go today? Um, you know, and I know the Bible says that physical training of some value, but godliness is value for all things, and I think that's true. But I always come back to this one thing. I say, you know what? I, you know, I want to take care of my body. I want to take care of my health so that I can bring, you know, you know, so that I could do what God's calling for me is. You know, my calling is based on First Corinthians or Philippians one twenty one, which says to live as Christ. So when I think about my family, I mean, to live is to serve Christ with my family. To live is to serve Christ for you. I want to bring my best mind, my best body, my best energy that I can in service to Christ in serving you. Right? And so that's what motivates me, what gets me out of my car and through those front doors um, on, on that day. You know, what does it motivate you and your goals and the things that you set? Have you thought about that for yourself? Now, what the Apostle Paul is saying here is you go deeper into Christ— we experience more of his power. And that's important because the kind of obedience that Christ calls us to is impossible outside of the grace of God. I mean, without the grace of God through Christ, we can't even get the right perspective for what really matters and what's going to last. We find that we often expect far too little from God. We ask for far too little. We look for little. We receive little. Right? And it's a tragedy. God offers to strengthen us with power for serving him. It happens all the time as people fail to look for God, as they find that they come up short. And, you know, as we look for our calling this before us and and following and walking with God, you know, we find that the world's not going to support us, right? The world's not going to support you. They don't care if you're strengthened by God's power. If it makes it difficult for them, they'd rather that you don't. In fact, your own flesh... Your own sinful nature, the own sinful part of you, would actually does not want to change. Even if it would make you happier and holier, you know, if it's changing towards, towards God, you know, your flesh does not want to do it and will resist you at every point. And the devil, you know, he just wants to lie to you because he doesn't want you to be strengthened with God's power. He wants to pull you away from that. He wants you to doubt the goodness of God. He wants you to live in defeat. He wants you to continue in ignorance. He wants you to think you have no resources. He wants you to trust yourself instead of God. And so the world, the flesh, and the devil, they're all a right against spiritual godly goals. They love the fleshly ones. You know, if, if you don't care about pleasing God, you could look at a passage like this and it really doesn't have much meaning to you. But if, if you say, no, I want to please God and I want the strength to know how to do that, it, it says a lot to us. So I want to look at three ways that this passage says that we're strengthened by God's power. Three ways we're strengthened by God's power. The first thing we see is that we're strengthened in prayer. The Apostle Paul prays for them. He again knows that ultimately that only God can bring about spiritual growth. That's important for us because we realize it's not something that we can manufacture in the lives of others. We can't do it for our loved ones. We can't do it for our children. We can't manipulate growth inside of the church of God. It is a spiritual growth so spiritual growth comes as spiritual power, part of the hand of God inside of a person's life. And so look what the Apostle Paul says, starting in verse 14. For this reason, he says, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being. You know, one way that we know our heart 
for the people around us is the way that we pray for them. Well, we know our heart for ourselves is the way we pray about our own needs. It shows what we really want, you know, what we really think will satisfy a soul, what will truly bring spiritual joy. You know, is it, is it in God? Or do we think that those things can be done without God? You know, I've learned over time um, as my own uh, practice of prayer is to write um, prayer requests down for different people on index cards. And so I carry around index cards. I have an index card for every member of my family and I write down prayer requests for them. And I have for things like my care group or my shepherding group, I, I, I have index cards and I write their names down. And then for people who are suffering in the church or those people going through certain trials, I'll, I'll write down a card for those who are suffering going through different trials. And, and that just helps me to, to, to think through as I as I go through these, as I go through the names, is to know what to pray for those in different situations. It helps me pray better. You know, the best way to pray is really the one that keeps you doing it, right? And so that helps you. Index cards, that's great. If you have something else, um, you know, that's great. You know, what, what's one of the most important things is, you know, how are we being shaped? You know, how are we focusing our prayers so that, we, that, that we see God um, we see God's purposes reflected in the things we bring to the Lord in prayer. The other day I was interacting with some neighbors and I just came away from that discussion thinking, you know, I want to pray more for my neighbors to, to, that I make time to get to know them, that I make time to pray for them and to share my life with them. And so you can think about the people around you, the people that are inside of your life. How can you pray for them? Maybe you'd even make some notes in your journal, maybe you make some notes in your uh, bulletin. You know, who am I praying for and how am I praying for them today? And do I really entrust them over to God's sovereign care to do the spiritual work in the life? What am I praying for people um, that are in my life? All right, so the first part of being strengthened by God's power is ask God to do that work. The, the second thing that we see for strengthening is the work of the Holy Spirit. Now, one thing we should notice about this prayer, this is why it's good to write in your Bible. I'd encourage you, this is something I'd write in it, maybe, is, is to note how this is a Trinitarian prayer, right? You see the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit all mentioned inside of this passage. And it really shows something important that, you know, that the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, they are at work at spiritual growth inside of our life. All are active. All right, so if you look at verse 14, who is the prayer given to? Right? The prayer is given to the Father. Right? And as, as we look through understanding the love of God, look down at verse 17 and 19. You know, how do we understand that? We understand that through Jesus Christ dwelling in our hearts in verse 17. To know the love of Christ. You know, who do we see there? The second person of the Trinity. God the Son that's at work. And then if you look at verse 16 then, you know, there's a prayer regarding the third person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit. And you'll notice what he says in verse 16, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being. Through his spirit in your inner being. And that's, that's what the Holy Spirit does. He strengthens us with power. In fact, that's who he is. You know, he is the, the spirit of God, the personal, unembodied power of God that works in the lives of God's people. 
And the degree to which you see spiritual power working in your life is directly correlated with the presence of the Holy Spirit in your life, filling you. In 2 Timothy 1.7, uh, it speaks about the effect of the Holy Spirit. And it's power. This, the, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of self-control. What do we see in our passage in Ephesians? Power and love demonstrated over and over, repeated. Now, how does, how does the Holy Spirit give this power? You know, I thought one way to describe it was through exercise and the growth of, and muscle growth and muscle development. Because a lot of people are going to the gym, right? So they're going to the gym, they're doing new exercises, maybe you're doing it at home. You know, muscles are good. You don't have to be a bodybuilder or you don't have to be a weightlifting champ in order to want to have muscles. I mean, muscles are important for getting up out of bed and putting your overhead luggage overhead or carrying around a baby or, or whatever. You know, muscles matter. You know, but I was, you know, over the years reflecting, well, how do muscles grow? You probably know this, but you know muscles grow when we when we when we push them beyond their present ability. So you know when you lift heavy weights, you know what do you do if you if you lift weights? Um, if you lift heavy weights, you do something. You create little tears inside of your body. I don't know if you know that, but you create little tears in your body, and then with those little tears that are there, so you actually do a little damage. That's what's kind of interesting. You know, exercise and those things does cause a little bit of damage, but the body has an amazing way of healing itself. And the way it heals itself is it takes protein and other healthy things and it puts them into those little holes. So that's how muscle develops, right? So little tears filled with little bits of, of protein. All right, it's pretty amazing the way that God has made the body. But I was thinking about how that compares with spiritual growth and how that happens. And I was reflecting that, you know, as we exercise our faith, as we, um, you know, serve God in various ways, as we suffer and have difficulty, it stretches us, right? It creates those gaps. It creates those holes. And as we, as we're, as we ask God to come and strengthen us by his Holy Spirit, what, what happens? But God's Holy Spirit comes in and he fills us and he strengthens us with those little gaps, those little holes. He comes in and he actually builds up strength. And, and so spiritual strength is the power of God that is working within you, the presence of Holy Spirit inside of your life. You know, but we see the power comes from the Holy Spirit himself, not from us. But what do we do? You know, our role is to often make space and gaps. Make space and gaps in our life, um, stretching ourselves so that, you know, through faith that the Holy Spirit comes in and he fills those, those places. Right? It means that we, we push our spiritual muscles, if you will. Because unless we have those little tears, we just don't grow. I mean, and growth requires some difficulty. I mean, it is like going to the gym and exercising. You know, we may not always like it, but we know we need it. We don't like that it's hard, whether it's going to the gym or spiritual growth. We don't like the push. We don't like getting up early. We don't like doing something that makes us feel uncomfortable. And the truth, though, is that growth isn't going to happen magically. You know, it, we, we need to make time to see these things happen. And if we don't, we just don't grow. Now, often, how does spiritual growth happen? How do those little gaps, those you know, gaps in the spiritual muscles, how do those um, show up? Well, often they show up through suffering, don't they? Isn't suffering the thing that stretches us the most? Something happens. 
and I'm thrown off kilter, I'm stretched, I'm uncomfortable, I don't like being here, this is really hard, what am I gonna do? And as we fill ourselves with God's word, as we fill ourselves with the promises of scripture, God comes in and strengthens us, right? So suffering is a big place that we do, but as we feed in that suffering with, and we answer that by bringing ourselves to the word of God and hearing it and letting, letting God speak to us, whether it's through preaching, whether it's through the individual reading the scripture, whether it's getting together with friends and reading the Bible together, how are we gonna be strengthened? But it's by the ministry of the word that fills those gaps. You know, we can also grow as we choose lives of faith, right? As we choose a difficult obedience, as we choose a life of contentment, as we choose a life of generosity, a life of prayer, a life of service. You know, as we do those things, what also happens, we get stretched. So we trust God in them, and we look to him in the scriptures. You know, we find that, again, looking in the scriptures, looking in prayer, looking in the sacraments, he comes in and he fills us. You know, this is one of the things that we shouldn't give up just because we face difficulty. Because sometimes, you know, it's those times that we're being stretched. You know, those are the times, you know, that God is feeding us and strengthening us, right? At that time, you know, we come to God by faith. We keep looking in his word. We keep praying. And, and over time, we see God developing and strengthening us. You might see this, I think, in the life of Joseph. Right? If you remember Joseph in, in Genesis, in uh, the, the account in Genesis, you know, we see them being sold into slavery by his brothers, all kinds of terrible things happening, but God redeemed him and God put him in place of authority that he could ultimately save his brothers. And at the end of his life, after all this suffering, you know, what does he do? You know, he says to his brothers, he says, you know, you might've intended this for evil, but God intended this for good, right? God, God has done a work in that difficult suffering that he endured and he could trust God in it. He could see that. It's what gives us insight into passages like Romans chapter 8, verse 28, which says, God works all things for the good of those who love him. You know, recognize that though these things are difficult inside my life, I can look back and say, you know what, God intended, he did something for good in us, in, in me during that time. You know, but the key thing is, again, we need to replenish we need to replenish. Just being suffering without replenishment from the word of God, it won't yield that spiritual strength. What does it actually induce? It induces fear. Avoidance. When we, when we come in, we serve Christ, and we think we're being faithful in our service of Christ, but difficulty hits. You know, we think, well, we're doing it in love, but there's this opposition that hits, and we just want to quit or maybe never do it again. You know, we need to see that in that time that God may be building us in a way that, never, that we never would have had had we never entered into it and we're a different person through that service. And so we praise him for the way he has built in us. So if you want to know that power of God working in us, we come back to his means of grace. We come to the word. We come to the sacrament. We come to prayer. They replenish us. But we also go out in service as, you know, we find ways that God will stretch us, whether it's in teaching. I mean, that's one way that God has stretched me. I don't know if he's stretched you, is in teaching the word of God, in evangelism, missions. I mean, those are things that have really stretched me, that really made me uncomfortable, and I know it's changed me and made me into a new person. These are ways that God has, in his grace, strengthened me by his Holy Spirit. And I know he can do that inside of your life as well. Spiritual growth comes through the activity, the presence of God in you. It's not a formula. It's not easy, right? 
But we also know that there are ways that we can cultivate it through serving, through generosity, through the means of grace as we continue to go to word, God's word. All right, so those are the practices of faith. That's our, the filling of the Holy Spirit. So we've talked about the prayer to the Father, the filling of the Spirit. The third thing we want to look to is being grounded in the love of Christ, the Son of God. At least to our third point, strengthened in Christ's love. Look at verse 17. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have the strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. The goal of the Holy Spirit is to see that Christ would dwell in your hearts through faith. Right? And he'd be filled with the fullness of the knowledge of God. Now, if you look at our passage, you'll notice one thing that it says is that in order to be strengthened with, by Christ, we need to first be grounded in his love. It talks about the grounding that, that, is, that is in God's love. And then we see that, the strengthening comes out of that grounding. How is the way that we grow in Jesus' love? Well, we grow by starting in it, right? Once you know a little bit of it and you keep delving into it, we tend to know more and more of who he is, and we tend to love him more. You know, that's, that's the point, is by entrusting ourselves uh, to Christ in those little ways, and, and, and uh, seeing his love for us, believing and trusting him in that, as we continue to go deeper and deeper in him, our sense of his love continues to expand so that we just, goes beyond our imagination. In 1 John four nineteen, it says, we love because he first loved us. Right, we see his love, and then as we delve in his love, our understanding of his love continues to grow and forms in our own love. Our love grows out of his love. Our awareness of his love grows out of the first sense of his love. I mean, when we first start faith, we realize that Christ died for our sins. He, he, he purchased a place in heaven for us. But as we continue to study his word, we understand the, the depths of his love and the scope of it. And as we understand his love, our love grows. We see how sinful that we are and how holy he is. We see he is so perfect that he had to become a man in order to take our place as a proper substitutionary atonement. We realize that, that he paid our sins entirely, totally washed clean through Jesus Christ. He endured the wrath of God in order to do that. But we receive grace and love and then glories in heaven. You know, and so, you know, I'm just getting started on the wonderful riches that are available for us in Christ. And as we go on, we realize that, again, his love cannot be measured. And there we are, square in the middle of his love. Right? And so this is why building a good theology matters so much to us. You know, why build a good theology? And it's so we can learn the love of Christ better. You know, why do we want to learn good theology? And so that we can have the assurance of Jesus' love. Why do we learn a good theology? So that we can worship him as expression of our love, right? And that love, that fuels, that fuels our worship. It fuels our life. I was reading articles on New Year's resolutions, and one New York Times article said, you know, build a resolution that is about 
helping your friendships, your relationships, because they said the one thing you can do that will actually make you happier is build your relationships. That's the most important one. And, you know, I thought, you know, there's no relationship that's more important to build than a relationship with God for our own joy as we head in this new year. We build it then on his love. It's relational. And so the secret to Christian growth, if you will, is to be astounded by his love. Read on it, pray about it, meditate on it, worship him in it, dwell on his love. The love that was shown to you in the cross and that truth, that will, that will strengthen you for your purpose. It will strengthen you in the trials that you're going to face, in the suffering um, that you're going through right now. You know, that is the strength for that. I was recently in a large group of Christians and across many denominations, and there was a pastor that was praying for it, and he, he prayed on and on about how much we love Jesus, how much we love God. And I really came away just from the prayer. I was appreciative of his prayer, but I came away thinking, you know what? It is not my love for Jesus that gives me my assurance or confidence in this life. You know, the assurance that I have in this life comes from his love for me. I mean, his heart is steadfast. He is rock solid. He has already shown the extent of his love in the cross. And what matters is that I build on that love. His love matters. And so put your doctrine, put it to good work. Christ is our power for the obedience of faith. It's a power for Christian living. And so if I can encourage one thing this year, it's to grow deeply in Jesus' love. Our ho-hum Christian lives that we may be living, you know, comes when we're not fascinated with what he did in his death and resurrection for us. And so, you know, learn him more. That's what our care groups are about. That's what our Sunday school is about. That's what our seminary even is about. Um, Whatever it is to go deeper in the knowledge of Christ. And as we do, we see his love. There's a connection then that we have to establish between what's written through our minds into our hearts and leading out into worship and his greatness. And then tell others about it. Tell others about this wonderful love. Nothing compares the power of knowing that you're loved and accepted by God. And that's why doctrine matters. And it's why I encourage you this year to grow in your understanding of good biblical doctrine. It is not boring. It is ultimately about love. Now, before I close, I just want to mention, you know, just talk briefly about our own church. Again, tonight we're going to talk about our vision as we look forward into 2023. But I really love the mission, the motto that our capital campaign picked for, um, our, for the capital campaign. You know, but it says it's rising up, reaching out, and welcoming in. You know, and I was thinking about this in, in light of Christ's love for us and our calling as a church. You know, because what do we do? We see that we're, we're grounded in the love of Christ and, and, and that being grounded in the love of Christ, you know, makes us want to, to rise up and worship, to worship our God, to proclaim his, his glory, his, his, his magnificence. And, and, then, and then the second thing it causes us to do is to reach out because this is a dark world. People are, they're, they're in their sin. And as a result of their sin, they know the sorrows and the depression that comes in sin. They know the darkness of sin. And there's no hope that, 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 that we know exists in Jesus Christ. And so there's a motivation to, to, you know, improve our mission, to work on our mission, to expand our mission, to reaching out into our community and telling people the good news of Jesus Christ. And then as people are drawn in, to welcome them 
So we have a place for you here. You know, so I really love that motto, which they have selected, reaching out or rising up, reaching out, welcoming in, because it really is a picture of what our calling is and what your calling is as we come into a new year. This is something that we all do together. Again, you know, we are the church, we are a church in Fredericksburg and we have a mission to our community. We're uniquely placed to hold you know, firmly the word of God, boldly and persuasively to bring it out in the world. And we bring it out in love, we bring it out in hope, believing that in this gospel, as people hear it, they believe and they're saved. There's new life that's there. That's transformation of individuals, it's transformation of families. It's the building up a strong community. You know, and these are all things that we pray for and seek inside of our own community. We want to see that happen. And so, you know, as we look forward to this year that is coming ahead, what's your place and part in it? Is there a way that you, as you look through the people you're praying for in your life, you know, that you can invite them to something? that you can reach out to them and come alongside in a time of need they have, that you can welcome them in to the church, inviting them to one of the upcoming events that we have, invite them to church. The beginning of the year, uh, Special Missions Month, we focus on our top 10 list. Who are you praying for over this, over this time? And consider this your quarterly reminder. Are you praying for your top 10 list? Or have you forgotten them? Pray that God would open hearts. Pray that God would provide opportunities to invite. Pray that you'd be able to um, come alongside them in a time of need. So this is something that we're all a part with. We're all part of this vision. Rising up, building our life on the love of God, reaching out, sharing with the people around us, welcoming in, getting to know the people around us, and making a place for those who want to know and to follow after Christ themselves. So we begin 2023, we pray, we ask God to strengthen us, we ask the Holy Spirit to fill us, and Christ's love to inspire us. Would you pray with me? Fathers, we begin this new year as individuals and families, we do ask for your strength, for the filling of the Spirit, and Father, for a growth in the knowledge of what Jesus Christ has done for us in history. Help us, Lord, to make what he has done known, to be known in our families, in our community, to be known throughout the whole world. God, these will only be spiritually effective if you do it. And so that's why we ask in Jesus' name, amen. We'll stand together, let's sing our